show with some homework. This is a new song. It is not. I've never heard it. It's very uh, Miami Vice. Uh, it's the uh, Gary Clark Jr. guy I like. The guy with like the guitar, but it's like a blend of hip hop and bluesy rock. I am into it. It's very sexy. I like it. I wonder what he looks like. Are you in front of your computer right now? I am. Look up Gary Clark Jr. I wonder if he's attractive. <laughs> I mean, his music okay. clearly is. It, I mean, yeah. Uh, but the homework is going to be, uh, we need some new intro songs. New intro songs. He is... If he's not black, I'm going to just lose it. Oh, is he it? is, definitely. Okay. Um, I would say he's attractive. He's not like modern... Not your type. Day. Um, he, you know who he looks like? What's that guy's name? Daniel Kalua. Uh, yes, yes, a little bit, he, a little bit. He kind of looks like him, little except a, a folk version of him. Yes, lots of his attire is far more bluesy rock than anything else. Would you agree? Oh yeah, I mm-hmm. like. I actually really like it. Um, I might have to look him up because I've never, I don't think I've heard of his stuff. Uh, except the, like the first 20 seconds of it here on the podcast. Yeah, I'm here for it. Um, okay. So let's, uh, let's go. Uh, let's go with what you, you mentioned earlier. I had seen something this morning that said in the news, libraries were, computers were down, but the branches were still open. And then, uh, you alerted me to something else. Um, what, what did I alert you to? Oh, the cyber attack. Somebody cyber attacked the library. Yeah, somebody's coming for our library. What the hell? Which you had a great response to. I did? Yeah. God, what am I drawing a blank hey, today? Do me a f- I think you're on a little bit of a delay. Will you go out and come back in? Yeah, no problem. Okay, perfect. For, um, for everybody else that uh, does or does not remember Gary Clark, that's Gary Clark. That's Gary Clark. And I think this is the one that turned me on to him t- from the get-go. Oh, God! Yes! No, it was actually another one, and I can't figure out which one of these it is. His music is really good. Hopefully Alex comes back with uh, some new intros for us. So yeah, yesterday I kind of blew it off. I saw that the library was having some computer issues, but the branches were still open. Like from when I was growing up and I had to go to, my parents used to, it was somebody in my family made me go to, it was my dad. I had to go to the library like every X amount of weeks and, and take out books. <laughs> they just made you do that? My dad, yes. He wanted me to be studious. So I had to go to the library and take out books. Now, he never checked to see if I read them or not. But I had to, at least he got me in the (laughs) habit of going to the library. And I needed that when I was older because before the internet was so ubiquitous, I had to go to the library to do research for papers and whatnot in high school. So my library was um, my after-school daycare, essentially. Like, I had to go to the library after school because it was, like, a block, two blocks over. And um, 
my parents didn't want to pay for daycare and at the time it was like kind of safe for kids to go to the library like if you were a kid and you were going to the library you were gonna be watched you know what I mean it's great I see that when I go to the uh, what's the branch where Jan has the meetings the King uh, branch? Kent branch Kent, Kent branch. branch yes yeah the wrong four letters yeah I I see that all the time when I'm there and those kids seem to be engaged having a good time on the computer some are playing games that's a uh-huh. great idea yeah, and so that was what we did. So we went to the library every day after school, and there was a few of us. Like, there was a few of us that would walk over, not intentionally as a group, but we were all going to the library um, to wait on our parents who would get off at 4.30 and 5 o'clock, and at this point it's like 2.30 or 3. So we would go to the library. And then I remember when our library first got computers and how, like, special it was and how busy they were all the time and you had to sign up early to get on a computer and like what if somebody didn't show up somebody missed their sign up so i got you would get called in and fill their spot and you would just be doing it next to nothing on the computer playing those games like when i was in school (laughs) it was like i I won't age myself that much i'll just say oregon trail And, I don't uh, think I knew Oregon Trail. Yeah, we talked about this. Anybody that's like a little closer to my age knows the Oregon Trail. And you were like seven when you learned what cholera and dysentery was and how you didn't, the last thing you wanted, you did not want your oxen to die. If your oxen died from some <laughs> kind of disease, that was it. Maybe I did know the Oregon Trail. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, I don't know. But I said when you said somebody cyber attacked the library and that was the cause of the outage and what was it, whatever was ailing. And I was like, like people need the library. Like the, when yeah. Jason comes on and talk about stuff, it's because it's the library is a need for so many people in the community. Go cyber attack somebody else. To which you said, go, I, I, go cyber attack my debt. Yeah. <laughs> Sally May, like, please. I mean, of all the institutions, they get cyber attacked all the time. Like Facebook is attacked. Instagram is attacked. Nobody wants to attack any banks. Nobody wants, I mean, I guess they do attack banks, but nobody wants to get Sally May or any of this federal student loan people. Like, it's just obnoxious. Like, hit them where it hurts. (laughs) Jesus. But yeah, like, leave the libraries alone because you're right. Like, our library also has adapted so well. And a lot of it, it involves computers like it involves electronics and like a computer system so it's kind of shameful like who would want to do that yep yeah you know good luck to them while they're figuring this out go after the more evil go after the more evil players in in life um with that i wasn't even thinking to bring this up because there's there's some not heavier topics but more serious ones i wanted to get into but this hit me i read an article yesterday you have to get that Oh, Jade's got it. Read an article yesterday. <laughs> it's like on... Hold on, keep going. I'm going to mute myself until it's done. No, you're fine. So I read an article yesterday. Uh, I put it out on Twitter. It was from a, a truck driver who's driven for decades, couple 20 years, and he's got a Substack, which is basically a blog, but Substack is you can subscribe to it, you get a newsletter. It's where uh, a lot of people who have left journalism or branched out as their own brand, they go to Substack. And he wrote an article explaining why this, the supply chain crisis is not going to get better anytime soon. And he basically destroyed the experts and picked apart why they, why why they're wrong about 
how they think this will this will eventually resolve itself. And he went through the list, and I ran it by Chuck. Mm. Chuck is a truck driver, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Yep." And he he mentioned Chuck. I'm putting your business out there. He's like, "They paid me more to, so that I wouldn't leave." Um, and nice. It, in reading this article. Like, I don't get freaked out too much because, again, I'm in a good place. I don't have to worry about putting food on the table for the family. I walk into work every day expecting to lose my job. This is nothing new for me. <laughs> um, I, I have you lived, thrive in it. <laughs> I have lived with a financial guillotine over my, my head for 15 years. So I'm kind of ready for all this. But that article made me, I, I try to put in the back of my head, like, don't be spending stuff that you don't need to be buying because I think Christmas is going to be a little ugly with with needing things. And I think that this supply chain crisis is real. And I do believe that there are just containers in L.A. just sitting there and, and all the logistics of getting them out to the country. And I also think, and there's a, the guy brought up the point, he's like, they're not going to hire more people. These places will just raise prices. And that goes back to... Uh, like, let the cyber attackers attack the evil players. Because personally, I, I and, and I might be wrong, macroeconomic thoughts from a microeconomic um, mind. I think eventually people are going to run out of money. The people who are not working right now, they can only hold out so long. And I, I think what they're doing is noble. And I came across something else yesterday that said, now is the time to unionize because you have places on their heels. If there was ever a time to bring unions back, it's now because you are collectively disorganized. So you might as well collectively organize to get what you want. But ultimately, I think these people will run out of money and have to go back to work. And even before that or larger than that, to the point of like, the places and the containers and needing to pay to get them um, all, all disseminated to where they need to go, places will just raise prices. Inst- instead of like having, instead of bringing back customers who have just decided to hold off, they'll just raise prices on the people who can afford it and the greed will continue. So yeah, I, I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, I think the prices are going to be raised. Like I think that we'll see that kind of coming to a head here soon and it'll probably remain that way. I don't know though. I think the workforce, like when the, when the workforce that is MIA, you know, comes back, I think that they're going to be choosy with where they go. And so there's going to be some places that are still going to be perpetually understaffed and they may need to look into like, you know, what their traditional workforce looked like and how they need to adapt to the times. Like, I think that, um, individuals like human beings like ourselves we're going to have to adapt to the times and we can also choose where we want to go and how we want to do it but i think employers are also going to have to adapt to the times as best they can but um i i like have we seen i want to see a picture where there's all these like i feel like it would be a sight to see if you're a tourist out in california somewhere in like la or san diego and you look out to the ocean and there's just like shipping container after shipping container just lining the ocean um like i feel like that would be fascinating to see i think the holidays are going to be a nightmare this year i think that the holidays are going to go back to the basics as well like it's going to be a lot less consumerism like uh black friday like what is black friday going to look like i mean i guarantee we'll see headlines of like you know 
haven't had a Black Friday like this since 1945 or something stupid, some stupid date like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it's going to make headlines how different Black Friday is this year, um, which is going to be interesting. But I'm also concerned about this, the supply shortage. I feel like I don't know how to explain that. Like everything is man, like everything is there's a domino effect of things that are unprecedented. You know what I mean? Like things that have been happening in the last two years that we've never experienced before. So I, I like, I have a hard time with thinking like, what's next? You know what I mean? What is there? What, what's next? What's going to happen next? Like it's supply. first it was, you know, COVID and we, everybody was getting sick and we had to like navigate the world differently because of um, a virus. And then there was supply shortages and then there was, staff shortages and then supply shortages again and then the housing market skyrocketed so it's like what's gonna happen next that is completely changing how we see our world that's like a modern day change on how we kind of operate in general you know i agree i i something will will come next and like we've talked about like the sickness and the lives lost is is really a, a a tragic but small part of this because everybody is affected by supply chain. A lot of people affected by houses. You specifically, something else could be looming, um, and I I fret that there will need to be adjustments. Yeah, from capital versus labor, but the game is rigged. The deck mm-hmm. is stacked, and I feel like labor will have to concede far more than they should have to. As opposed to capital, because capital holds all the chips. Let me uh, let me read this. I set this aside for myself from something I I know. There's a lot of I read this, I read that today, but I read <laughs> I read good shit. Got it. Are we in a reset period where employees and employers are reassessing the terms of engagement? Yes, I think a lot of employers are surprised at how many workers have balked at coming back to the office and other places. What I don't know is whether employees can employers can hold out and try to restore the pre-pandemic bargain more favorable to employers than to workers. The longer people stay out of work, the more their finances will go down and they're not going to get stimulus checks again. Maybe they can hold out for six months and then the world will go back to the way it was before the pandemic or maybe this will be a permanent change in people's values and change in their willingness to withhold labor supply individually and collectively. It also goes on to talk about how, again, now is the time to to unionize. And I think certain places people won't go back to, and I think we've already seen some of that where people have said goodbye to restaurant and service to take a work-from-home job that they were qualified for. And it, it it's maybe not glamorous or ideal, but maybe it fits their lifestyle and it's less chaotic and more predictable. And that for them is a personal win. I just, I I mean, I'm holding true to this. Like I'm holding on to this as tightly as you hold on to pay people not to shoot people. Like yes. I, <laughs> I feel like it is going to be a, like a relatively permanent change in values. Like I think that there, and, and there was something else that I read the other day and I didn't get to get through the entire thing. And I'll send it to you, although it's very similar to the things we've read before, where it's just like people are looking at their lives and they're looking at their um, employment opportunities, their, either their career or their current job or their employment aspirations. And they're just like, I don't have to do this and I'm not going to. Um, and they have a, like a, a movement to support them, like the great resignation. Like we know that I just got faced with that, you know, just last week where somebody resigned 
and did not have a plan B. It was just like, you know what? I'm going to resign. I have opportunity. I have some opportunities, but I don't have everyone, you know, naturally when someone, when you leave your job, like, oh, where are you going? And it was essentially like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just doing what I've been doing. But then, you know, I have also interacted with people and I don't want to share too much because this is their private business where there's an employer in our area that's not poaching people by any means. Like they're not coming off, you know, coming off, um, you know, trying to get people from other organizations, but they, they have, they're competitive and competitive in the most arrogant kind of way. And I'm just like, where is this coming from? And they'll say, well, what are they paying you? Because we'll match it and pay you more, you know, or just tell me what you want to be paid and we'll make it happen. Tell me where you want to be at and we'll get it done for you. And they're backing up what they're saying. Like, you know, for the individuals that I know that have approached this employer, their employer says, tell us what you want to be paid and we'll get it done. And they, in fact, get it done. And it's just like, whoa, you know, that is unheard of unless you're some sort of CEO or executive level position where somebody's like, I'm willing to pay out my ass for you because we want you to run our company. These are mid-level people, if not even below mid-level. And they're, you know, being offered what they're asking, like literally what they're asking, if not more. It's insane to me. Here's my warning. Maybe not to those people mm-hmm. because talent will always be in demand. Sure. Um, here's my warning to people who are just going to not show up to their job or know that there's a lot of places that they can hop to. Like I'll use the example from a couple of minutes ago. You have hung up your apron and your notepad and you are, you're done with the service industry. Mm-hmm. You took a work from home job. Uh, you work remotely. Your hours are predictable. I feel that people will go if we're, I'll use a happiness scale. No, I'll go reverse. The I hate my job scale. One is me. I like my job. Ten is I hate my job. People are lucky I don't walk out in the traffic. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people who are at like eights and nines have left like the service industry stuff because they're tired of being treated certain way by, mm-hmm. by consu- like mm-hmm. the laundry list. So I think people are going to leave eight and nines and go to like sixes and sevens. Mm-hmm. And while that's an upgrade, I think that they will find that they're not. I, I just hope they know what they're getting into because just because they're doing something different and slightly better, it will come with its own set of challenges and predicaments because you might find out that you're just not cut out to sit at home all day long and you need the unpredictability. Now, the the people you were talking about, like that's talent and good for talent. Like that's like free agency in sports. It's like, you're going to, you're going to pay me what I deserve. But most people I don't think are able to, to grasp onto that. So that's just my warning. I, but it wasn't, you mean they were just, go ahead. no, go ahead and finish. Well, you're talking about like management level though, right? No, 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 no. It, it was not. No, it's, it, that's why I'm saying it was like mid-level, if not lower, which shocked the hell out of me. So my first and natural response was like, okay, do we know if this can be sustained? Oh, like, don't the, get yourself yeah. into some shit. There's you know what too. I mean? I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you, you're not looking at this with a side eye at all. Like, are we concerned? It, but again, none of my business, good for you, you know, especially if you have an opportunity to leave maybe an environment that has caused you a lot of stress. Like if we are 
like gaining financially and gaining mentally and emotionally because you're not working in like a that we know of because obviously new place like you said new workplaces come with new stressors i mean it reminds me of like when a lot of people were working from home during the pandemic again i'm a human being i love my job i love what i do i had a hard time when we got sent home the first time but I will not lie and say that it wasn't in the back of my mind where it's like, at least you get a break. Like, you know what I mean? At least you get a break. At least you get to rest a little bit more every day because I don't have to like get up and get ready and pull myself together. So like I was rolling out of bed at, you know, 7.55 to get started at 8 a.m. Um, or 8.15 or maybe 8.30. And so that was nice for me. But then eventually, like as the months went on that we were working from home, Getting up at 7.55 also made me tired because I was adapting to it, you know, so I was getting used to it. So I think that there's, yeah, I think there's something to say even when you have, if you do change your, you know, discipline or your field of work to like a work from home that is satisfying to you in the moment, it may not be satisfying to you in the long term. So you always have to adapt and adjust. But yeah, no, these, these positions were not, it's, I'm not saying that there's not talent there, but it, it's certainly is not something I'll have to text you. And I can tell you like, you know, I can drop names at that point. But um, it just shocked me. It shocked me that this employer was like, tell me what you want to get paid and we'll get it done. And I'm just like, what? That is unheard of. (laughs) To to those types of situations, um, there are other pitfalls in both parties. I mean, you should always ask for what you want because no one's going to offer it to you, regardless of what you're, sure. regardless of what you're seeking. Ask that person out. Ask for that raise, whatever it is. Um, ask for ask ask for an extra French fries. That person who gets that job might fall on their face because they're not qualified for it. Mm-hmm. And they and I'm only speaking very generally here. They only got it because that per, that employer was so stressed and so hard mm-hmm. up that they needed a body. So that could be. You were asking, like, what's next? Maybe, maybe this is it. The another kind of employee employment crisis, and uh, out of the fry, it's out of the frying pan into the fire. So you're getting out of the fire and jumping into the frying pan, which is still not great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I d- I agree with you. Like, I just that's why some of these things, like, we can predict in advance. You know, it's like where we have this conversation now, and you know, by the springtime, we're going to be talking about something else, you know, huge that's happening in the employment field, like nationwide, you know what I mean? Worldwide. It's just, I, I don't know, like, I find it fascinating. I'm grateful for, again, like, job security. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But it's it's just, especially considering I work in mental health, and people are still having a difficult time. But um, yeah, it, it is fascinating and interesting. But I, I am going to hold strong with I believe that a lot of the push of employer employment, you know, employees choosing where they're going is based on how they want to be treated and what they're looking for in a career that can be given to them that doesn't necessarily have as much to do with money anymore and, and more to do with benefits and like the employee atmosphere and the culture, you know. And we're already seeing some of what I feared and everybody's situation is different because everybody has different bills and wherever they put their money. But we're, we're already seeing prices go up. And, oh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're seeing, well, obviously, we've seen wages rise. 
But we've seen mm-hmm. prices go up. And, and, and if you're that person who wanted like an extra two bucks an hour or whatever it is, Awesome. I'm very happy you got it. Everything you now buy is now two bucks an hour more expensive anyway. (laughs) You don't win. It's like it it was kind of not seeing the forest through the trees. And I'm not knocking people for asking and requiring more money. But this was so inevitable. And I know that there was a lot of like online discussion about, um, you know, they can totally raise the price of this hamburger and still make X amount of dollars. Yes, but they're making less, and 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 greed is rampant. So, whatever they're paying out extra, it's going to come back in some way, and it already has, and it already has, yeah. and it's it's pretty damn scary. It is, yeah. It reminds me of somebody that got a promotion and they're moving to California, but like you get twenty grand more in your salary, but you're also moving to California, so right. you're not going to see that at all. Like right. <laughs> there's no difference except like where you live on the planet and like how much sun you take in. In a very crude way, you got a twenty thousand dollar a year raise. You now have a thirty five thousand dollar living expense increase mm-hmm. as well. Good fucking mm-hmm. luck. um that's why another one of my main reasons for staying here was cost of living was always really really good it's it is the same it's inching up but it's still good same Um, same today is election day and uh having a discussion with someone earlier um made me think of something uh so i voted for the for tarda for them to get whatever they needed And uh, yeah. I know that that was to expand the service and also expand accessibility for TARDA. Yes. And, and if this doesn't pass, it's really going to screw those people. And for a long time, I have thought TARDA has been underwhelming. They've had a lot of management mm-hmm. changes. I knew somebody on the board a couple of years ago, and I asked that person why they didn't continue. They said their term was up, and they just packed their bags. And that was, like, not a good sign because I thought that person was pretty savvy. Mm-hmm. Um I remember like seven or eight years ago, Tarda had an app and they did a promotion with the radio station. It was like find Rodney on the bus or something like that. And it's where it was the direction that Tarda needed to be going in, becoming more modern and contemporary and tech friendly. And I know they don't have, I don't think that app is, is they don't have an app that exists anymore. I think third parties have tried to come up with something that doesn't work. Um, So I understand people's reticence to, green light more money to Tarda. Usually, it's why we always give the zoo money. Because the zoo around the calendar knows that our money is going to be spent well. Tarda, they're asking for money so they can get things done, but they have a history of not getting things done. So I don't know if this thing is going to pass, and it'll be very troublesome for, for people who need the accessibility. But one thing where I was going with this was, um, when I was a kid, so growing up, my dad took public transportation uh, both the bus, which our TARDA in Philadelphia was called SEPTA. He took SEPTA mm-hmm. to the L. He took the L downtown and walked to work. It was a part of his life every day. When I was in middle school, when to get to middle school and high school, SEPTA was available. In fact, SEPTA was like our cheese bus. There was some kind of public school contract with SEPTA, and that was our route. There were specific buses that were available just for kids to go to and from school and they weren't open to, to the public. TARDIS should do something like that here and maybe there has been an attempt like that but at least that would get young people used to using public transportation because the way TARDIS headed, you might as well just blow it up in three or five years. So is, and, and 
one of Tarda's issues that I'm aware of is just like the <laughs> accessibility, but as in like where you go to catch the bus, I, I, we deal with this every day at the center of like, somebody comes in and they said, when is the bus picking me up? Oh, I don't know. Let me go online and let me check a time. And like, let me make sure that this is the right one. Cause there's lots that come by here and there isn't anything to check something in real time. At least there wasn't, you know, for a while. So, you know, I, and it depends on where you're at in the city and where you can get to and it, you can only go up to here. So after this point, you're going to have to walk it. So, uh, yeah, our our bus system was con is called the RTA. So we have the RTA system and then the rapids. Um, and I mean, it was everywhere. It was everywhere for us. I didn't even know like in, where I live in Wood County. I remember when I first moved there, I was like, wait, a bus doesn't come out here. And they yep. said, no, <laughs> you know, no, it doesn't. It does not. It does now. But it, it only does because Amazon came in and it was like, what was it about Amazon coming to town that made the bus like, you know, it comes all the way out. So now you see it hop on the highway and get off, you know, up towards like Buck Road or Wales Road and, and come all the way up. So um, people have the ability to catch the bus now and take take it into the city and vice versa. But yeah, I mean, it, I hope that it passes. It really does need to pass, but they also need to, Tarda needs to make sure, I mean, they need to have some sort of independent consultant or, or come up with some better practices so that they can make the money worthwhile. I think it would have. be a really great opportunity. I think they, they have had those people and I know they've, they've undergone a lot of change in leadership and there's a new person who came yeah. in, in the middle of this whole campaign. Like they've got a long way to go. And, and like, again, for all the evils of Amazon, like, look, at Amazon, like, you got to take the good with the bad. This is why they got certain parts of the city or the land for, like, a dollar. And I think you're talking about mm -hmm. the Rossford location. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, Amazon comes there, and it spurts a lot of things. It brings public transportation there, which wasn't there before, which is insane for the fact that we are, we are a metropolitan area. And I get it. It's the Midwest. And I, I always scratched my head when I moved to Detroit. I was like... There's no public transit here. Like, this is where, <laughs> where cars are built. I'm like, oh, uh -huh. okay. But this is not Detroit. And this is also uh, getting into the, approaching the middle of the 21st century. But if, if Tarta doesn't get itself together in a couple of years, you might as well just blow it up. And, and this is never good, but privatize it in some way. Because too many people need to use it. Yeah, it would be devastating if it, you know, if it phased out eventually. Because I think that, too, you're right. Too many people need to use it. More people could be using it. Um, it's even the even the time, like the accessibility time. Like we deal with that now. You know, at the center where it's like if you work the second shift, you can get in here at on time. But when you leave, you better call an Uber because Tart is done. If you work the third shift, you better call an Uber to get yourself to and from work. And it caused a lot of problems for people. Yeah. Um, especially you know in in positions like this, you're potentially working towards a car working towards getting your license back, you know, and there's plenty of other other jobs in our community that are that are similar. So um, I, I do I really and I, I have hope like I do have hope that that changes will be made. And maybe that's the optimism in me, the optimist in me. And like, I like, I, you know, I think that it can happen. And I have a feeling it will pass. Like, I, I have confidence that it will pass, especially with the amount of work the Ability Center has been doing in educating the community about how big of a deal it is for them alone. You know, like, why would you say no to that? Yeah. And unfortunately, there might be a lot of people who are 
getting emails. Uh, there might be a lot of people who are. Oh, you didn't. You didn't hear that. Uh, my email went off. A lot of people who are put mm-hmm. out, and that would be terrible. But mm-hmm. if it means in three to five years we're able to service a larger amount of people, I'm okay with that. And hopefully, it is in a helpful way and not an overly expensive way. But it's crazy. Like we all watch with our food apps or our our ride shares. Like we know. Not the block, like the part of the pavement on the street these places are. Mm-hmm. Tarta is five years beyond, like, late on that stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck to Tarta. Yeah, good luck. Um, Every time I hear an Eminem song or a Dr. <laughs> Dre song, which I, it, I'm completely fine with, I... And maybe this is just the volume of it, but we're getting closer to uh, we're halfway done the NFL season, adding some playoffs and the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl will be here real fast. That's true. I think it's going to be a fucking mess for that halftime show. Not the show itself. Like, I'm ecstatic for it. But I think as we get into January, people are going to have some real problems with the, uh, with the back catalog of said performers. Why? I just think people are going to have a problem with the lyrics that are, granted, 20 and 30 years old. But (laughs) that stuff deserves to be brought up for debate. And I think, yeah, I think the performers have to be a part of a press conference. And I think it's completely right. Like, I hope this doesn't ruin the halftime show because I'm really excited for it. But somebody's got to ask Eminem, Marshall... How do you feel about your misogynistic and homophobic lyrics from 2001? And Dr. Dre, the same thing. Like all the hoes and bitches and gangster stuff. And I, I know, want... And, and I know Go ahead. we can recognize them moving beyond who they were as youths, but they got to answer it. <laughs> the hoes and bitches and gangster stuff cracks me up. Anyway, um, I am curious, though, like if they are agreeing to the, like this... This would totally be them, by the way, especially since they're established, they're older. They could give a shit. That, like, they don't need the Super Bowl to boost their career. You know what I mean? Or to bring it back. Like, I, I think with the folks that are performing, like, they're good, you know, with what they're doing. So they have the capacity to say, you know, to agree to perform at the Super Bowl and make the performance, like, family friendly. And then they throw all of that shit away and they're just like, <laughs> and they're just like Stepping out there like cursing up a storm. I would die off if I could see that. But then at the same time, if they do get like maybe a little raunchy or their lyrics are a lot more true to what they actually were and they don't get any kind of backlash, backlash, I'm going to be pissed because to this day, my favorite halftime performance is still J-Lo and Shakira and they got like obliterated for their performance. And part of their performance was like culture like it wasn't even like it was you know made up from some music video like she was performing and dancing to music from her own culture you know what i mean and and so i loved that halftime performance i still live for it i will still watch it and enjoy it like i did the first time so i am excited for this performance i'm excited for all the parents that are going to have the time of their lives watching it um, and I hope that they don't get into any trouble, but I also hope that they, you know, are up to no good at the same time. Like that would be exciting. Let me, let me disappoint you. They're not going to okay. do that. 
they will be no worse than anything else people have complained about, the Janet Jackson thing aside, because they will have respect for their other performers. Because if I disagree. If they if they go outside the lines that the NFL has created, then we're gonna have one republic at the halftime show forever and ever. And nobody wants that. Um, so I, I I think they will be Train. Yes, yes. Oh God. I hear, I, hear, I, I hear Russ rolling in his grave. He hates training. Drops of Jupiter. Yes. So that's why they'll push boundaries, but they're not going to blatantly cross them. And and I'm not even talking about the performance. I just think the the narrative and rhetoric, rightfully so, will rise in January going with what their lyrics were composed of. Why are... Granted, this is decades ago now, but... Why are we giving them this platform? And then they're going to, they have to answer that question. And I think they will all give great answers. I don't think Dr. Dre is going to be like, fuck the hose. I'm going to be up there and do what I want. I think he's going to say, I was a different person. We all have aged beyond what we thought was cool and hip and how we talked, spoke, and thought when we were teens and 20 somethings. And there are parts of me that are embarrassed by that, but there's parts of me that that made me who I am. So that's a good yes. That's your Miss America answer. That's I the, also that's think the real answer. <laughs> I think no, it is. It I, it is part of the real answer. But the other part is like at the end of the day, whether you agree with what I said or not, it's still entertaining to you. Why is old dirty bastard on the Tide commercial? Why is um what's the other group that's like whoop? There it is. Like they're tag on team? like a the tag team is in like a uh. The ice cream Not commercial. T- yes, with the, the girls making a Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it's entertaining to to the masses now. It now people are coming back to us wanting the entertainment that we provided to you all when we were saying fuck the police which was a, a lyric, not what Alex is saying. When we were saying, Public like, enemy. cars, clothes, hoes, and bros. Like, <laughs> right. Like, but when the, Jay-Z was singing Big Pippin. Those commercials are here and gone. Like, this is one of the biggest events on the planet. And I think it's going to just draw, it's gonna draw out some discourse. And I, I remain steadfast that, like, we're fine with it. Like, we get it. It's those 22-year-olds... It's the 22-year-olds oh. on Twitter who are going to lose their minds. And they have clout to make things go forward on Twitter and whatnot. But I can see how people under the age of 25, like, if you have them listen to, like, the real Slim Shady and, like, first she sucked Carson <laughs> Daly's dick and then blah, blah. Like, I can see those kids being horrified. So I will, what I will say is I have never been a fan of Eminem. I don't like crucify me if you want to. I've never liked Eminem. Not since I was like, I mean, after he made, I mean, the silly stuff that he made, I was okay with it because I was a kid at the time. But like when he got into Stan and, and some of the other music, I couldn't get with it. And I actively didn't listen to it because even then, like my young mind, I'm like, he is angry and he's angry towards women. Like, this is weird. It made me uncomfortable. Like, even if it was about his life, 
you know what I mean? Which I get it as an, as an adult. Now I can understand that he, he turned to music as an outlet, but it made me legitimately uncomfortable when I was younger. And I was just like, this guy is very angry and I just refused to listen to him. So now adult Alex like doesn't know a whole lot of Eminem because I didn't, I didn't get with that. Well, imagine, imagine that person now, how old were you then? What age? Oh, hell, I don't know. 12. Oh, you're 12? All right, well, I'm going to fast forward. Let's say you're 19 and you have a big, you have big TikTok following. Like, TikTok is not going to be happy with Eminem and Dr. Dre. I don't... Do you want me to pull up some Dr. Dre songs? No, I know the Dr. Dre songs. Like, I know some of it. And then some some of it, I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess so. I, yeah, you're right. Like, the young 20s that are that are more... Uh, let me not say anything that will get me in trouble, actually. I'll just, just going to be quiet because I was going to say something. The ones that might even say, like, Alex, what you said was inappropriate. I didn't like what you said. Like, you shouldn't work in mental health at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> she shouldn't work for the population. She shouldn't serve the community. There's only, um, there's only, and they will, I guarantee, I cannot wait like a week or two before the Super Bowl halftime show. We will predict the songs that they'll do. I'm super excited for this. And I think there's one song that they will do and one lyric that will pull all the the 22 year old angry TikTokers on their side. Oh my God, give me a preview. It's the end of the song, and it goes, smoke weed every day. <laughs> yes. Hold up. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song. Like, I just, oh, my God, the music is great. Like, it just, I get it, though. I, I mean, I understand, but if we can hold... I don't know. And I, and it did represent, like, an, a time where women were just considered like commodities yeah video hoes like that was what you aspired to be so it does represent a time a day and time where it things were really that way but now in 2021 and 2022 it's completely different um and so i think they have to take that into consideration too It, it like it's not like somebody is being like outwardly racist where we'll still find 90 year old Nazis and put them in jail. Like it's not quite that, you know what I mean? It's just, or send them back to Germany, but like, you see what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I mean, and I, again, that's why I look forward to someone asking them and them answering. And I think you'll be, I mean, these guys haven't remained this relevant, especially Snoop Dogg. Um, for this long, uh, because we have liked their music, because none of the music they made has been good for 15 years, so I think they'll they'll provide good answers and good good insight. These are not dumb people. But Can they, uh, we please? If we do a segment where we like try to pick what songs they're going to play, can we also do a segment where we come up with questions we would want to ask them? So we would say, but do you like to these young kids, but do you in fact smoke weed every day? How do you feel? <laughs> you know what I mean? Now that you know weed is legal in some parts. What, what say you? I would not waste my question on do you smoke weed every day? Um, no, I mean, but if they if they got asked the question, like, how do you feel about your lyrics and how it, you know, translates to 2021? And it's like, well, do you smoke weed every day? Could you imagine like Dr. Dre or Warren G saying that? But do you smoke weed every day? Because I would say, yes, you do. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, um, let me see if there's any vulgarities in this. Hold on. 
We match all the cash back new card Come members on. earn at the end of their first year. Mr. Ad, Mrs. Ad. Sorry to contain yourself, isn't it? Uh-huh. Let it go. Get a dollar for dollar match at the end of your first year, only from Discover. What was the chronic? They want to know when we still got it. They say rap's changed. They want to know how I feel about it. you ain't up on Dr. Dre is the name. I'm ahead of my gang. Still puffing my leaf. Still with the beats. Still not loving police. Ah, uh, it's the clean version on YouTube. Ah, uh, wait, I found an explicit one. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Office and back of my house like trophies. Did y'all think I'ma let my toe freeze? Hold please. You better bow down on both knees. Who you think taught you to smoke trees? Who you think brought you to ODs? Easy E's, Ice Cubes, and DOCs. The Snoop D O Double G's. And the group that said, motherfuck the police. Gave you a tape full of dope beats to bump when you stroll through in your hood. And when your album sales wasn't doing too good, who's the doc that he told you to go see? You better listen up closely. All you niggas that said that I turned pop or the fur flop. Y'all are the reason that Dre ain't been getting no sleep. So fuck y'all, all of y'all. If y'all don't like me, blow me. Y'all are gonna. <laughs> They're okay, all right, all right. They're definitely Shut doing Forgot About Dre. They're definitely so, doing that one. What? Okay, and, and as you were playing this, what I need them to do is come in hard with some sort of artistic visual. Like, I, I don't think it's just going to be a performance. Like, I think it's going to be a performance and a representation of how they are still relevant in culture. Like today, because I'm thinking of all the TikToks that are being, you know, that that play with that song in the background. Like I need them to come in really hard with like how they represent culture. You know what I mean? And and still in 2021, how they're still relevant, clearly, because they're in the Super Bowl. Um, and maybe that was why they brought them to the Super Bowl in the first place was that it was, you it's know what I mean? It's L.A. So they went for those. I, I still think I'll put money down that some L.A. rockers. Yeah. Probably shouldn't be in certain types of pants anymore, but still are. Uh, I think they're going to join for some kind of medley. But uh, something else to think like about. Like Lenny Kravitz? Uh, Lenny Kravitz is one that can still pull that shit off. Do you remember um, when his pants ripped in the middle of a concert? <laughs> do you I, not know that? I do. Find me one woman who... Was, <laughs> who doesn't know that. Or had an issue with that. Um, <laughs> Anyway. But you bring up like something relevant and I don't, I can't think of any, I mean, they've been culturally important and reflective the last couple of years. Um, as far as the locations, I wonder, considering we just heard a lyric about motherfuck the police, if there will mm. be any kind of respectful, but also assertive um, commentary visually about police and community relationships probably i don't know if probably i i don't think it would be i don't think though that the police or anybody that says back the blue and ignores like black lives matter is going to find it to be respectful like i think oh that, sure i think i think that there will be some that's why i'm like there's going to be some artistic representation here somewhere like some visuals i imagine like um the, and the way that like if they have dancers or performers that are coming out and dressed in a certain way, if they have the three wheel bikes, like, you know what I mean? Like, definitely. And I think that there will be some like um, visual representation of like police interaction, you know, yeah. and what 
yeah, yeah. I'm excited for it. Like I'm looking at, especially since you just played it again. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Maybe like, Martha Stewart will come out. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, yeah, is, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. This is L.A. This is like the entertainment capital of the country, maybe the world. I would say you can expect anything, and. And everything. And again, like I mentioned when we first talked about this, there are some legendary rock bands that are from L.A. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them up there. But as we get closer and closer to this and as we move farther and farther away from the announcement and as I spend more time with the old school hip hop channel on on satellite and they play the explicit version. I'm like, ooh, somebody on TikTok is going to be pissed off that they're doing the Super Bowl. Like, I've heard Stan six times in, like, two weeks, and I love that song. Obviously not for the content, but just, like, the Dido and the rapping and the, oh, shit, I wasn't supposed to send this part out, and Phil Collins in the air tonight and drowning. Um, like, I think it's lyrically brilliant, but the content is obviously terrifying. Um, but I love We're certainly going to have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap up. And um, you got You did you want to touch on anything else? I don't think so. Is there any? What's going on in my life that we know of? Uh, today is National Ohio Day. It is. I think these national days are dumb. Uh huh. But when's National Eric and Alex Day? Every fucking day. Every fucking day. That's um, right. I told you before about the boxer Jared Anderson, right? No. He's from Toledo. Uh, I think he trains in Texas somewhere, and he is a he's a he's like 21. Um, he's a heavyweight from here in Toledo, and I remember that Tony Geftos was doing a boxing story or something a year ago, and Tony put up like the 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 unedited interview and the boxing expert he had on. He's like Toledo. You watch out for Jared Anderson. If heavyweight boxing ever comes back, it's going to be because of that guy. And ever since then, I've followed him. He's undefeated, and he usually fights in Vegas because that's boxing. But he is going to make his Madison Square Garden debut on December 11th wow. um, at 9 o'clock. And that is a big deal. That is a big deal. Congratulations to him. Good job, Toledo. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Is, like we, this city should get more love for... Um, for all the great boxers that we produce. Although I think recently Robert Easter might have been arrested. <laughs> but never mind that. <laughs> never mind that. I mean, maybe they just wanted the key to the city back. And um, O'Shea we Jones. We had a female. Yeah, we yeah. had a female boxer. So I, I mean, it's, it's, Philadelphia had some boxers. I think it was like Joe Frazier and some other people. I moved to Detroit, which is Joe Lewis and other people. And to have watched boxing or some, successful boxers come out of here recently it's been neat to watch now boxing doesn't resonate on a national scale anymore not as much now i still take to heart what that expert said like if heavyweight boxing comes back and i mean i got to see like the last vestiges of great heavyweight boxing mike tyson holyfield and some other people that you've never heard of do we think that it went away because of how dangerous it is like you know you don't see you don't see a lot of fighting sports in general. Like there's not big main events discussed about all of this, all of the fighting. Uh, I think it went away because the heavyweight division kind of vanished, and it was more smaller fighters. 
Sure. Uh, like Floyd Mayweather. And there's just something about, like, there is a mystique to heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Middleweight champion of the world doesn't resonate the same way. And as the heavyweight division was eroding, UFC arose. And it was more lethal and violent than boxing. So I think a lot of people who might have been boxing fans glommed on to UFC. Yeah, I see. Interesting. I mean, I thought I used to follow along with it socially. Like, I would be all for it, but I only knew whatever was happening leading up to that point. So I saw Ronda Rousey get, like... I saw her get knocked out in 30 seconds. (laughs) but But I also saw the fight before that where she won. So... Um, yeah, like that's, that's about all I, that's the occasionally sports that I reference whenever I talk about what I do on the podcast. Anyway, what do you have going on today? Uh, I got a bunch of prizes to give away on the air, have some music logs to do. I need to regather myself from that sales experience I was a part of this morning. (laughs) And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean it's not the sandbox I play in. So you were good in supporting your friend, so. Um, what else? Oh, another nice. email. I'm going to watch BMF. Have you watched BMF? What is BMF? It is um, a 50 cent um, drama series on stars about the drug gang out of Detroit. I um, have not. It's actually, so obviously Thomas being from Detroit and like worked in the streets that these gentlemen were in and are in still he's completely fascinated by it. So it's a regular weekly watch in our household, but it's based in like the eighties and seventies. So the person as a child, this guy, young man as a child. And then as he became like a drug dealer and how his family was affected and what happened around him. And I think it's like rival gang. So like down river, down river crew don't know the names of them. But anyway, we're going to catch up on some BMF. It's very explicit. I'm not endorsing that show. Just watch it if you're interested. I really liked Power, so there you go. If you're listening to this show, you can deal with that kind of explicit language and whatever else. <laughs> Although It's culture. I will tell you this. At the front of every Squid Game episode, there was, there was the warnings, and I think only one episode actually had sex. I was very disappointed by that. Did it? Did I miss that? Yeah. Dang. Um... I like 50 Cent a lot, though. Like his music, anyway. He continues to impress me. And, and it, like, I never would have imagined Wanksta 50 Cent. Great song. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the many men 50 Cent is going to turn into this, like, film and media producer on the scale that he's on, especially in, like, black culture. Like, his shows, I was addicted to power. Like, I lived for power now i don't really watch some of the spinoffs but i do you know what i mean like good for him like i I never saw that for him like it wasn't it was not something i saw coming you know not that i would have but uh, you know he was able to adapt like good for him now he may not be on the super bowl halftime show but that's because he's on your tv every day he bought uh he bought into vitamin water and when that thing he did he did and i like vitamin i like vitamin water zero i don't drink it a lot but i like it when he got that money at some point, he didn't give a shit anymore about making bad no. songs and people giving him a hard time. No, like, and he says whatever the fuck he wants to, he'll insult you up and down and not care. <laughs> well, do you remember his first pitch in New York? Uh, yes. 
Oh, it's 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 legendary. Like it is <laughs> one of the fifty cent. Hold on, let me see if I can pull it up on Twitter real fast. <laughs> It, it's, it, it has to live on Twitter forever. It is one of the worst first pitches in the history <laughs> of sports. Oh, come on. Where is it? <laughs> no, I did not see that. Oh, I found it. Hold on. We're going to do this. We're doing this on the podcast. Yeah, this is, this is stuff of legend. Like now other people with bad first pitches get compared to his nonsense. <laughs> and I, I would like to, I'd like to ask him if he did that on purpose. Okay, I can't watch it on the podcast, but while I'm on, but I will, um, I'll watch it when we're done. But yeah. Um, so we're going to, we're going to catch up on that. Cause we're a couple episodes behind. There's been a lot going on. I watched, uh, curb your enthusiasm. Are you familiar with mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Uh, I watched the first episode of the new season last night. Cause every now, every time I watch, I'm not a devoted watcher, but every time I watch it, I have tons of belly laughs. And last night I didn't have any. So really, cause, cause I, I get like, People have alluded to me before, like if they're Curb fans, they say I do things that remind them of Larry, which makes total sense. I'll have to watch. I didn't even know there was a new season, but I'm I'm down for a deep belly laugh. I need that. Have, Insecure have, started last week, so I'm very excited about that. What about Succession? Have you ever watched that? No, and I, I intend to. I just am not caught up, and I don't. I'm just like you know what? When I'm ready to sit down and dedicate. I feel like I'm really going to like it and I'm going to be glued to it. So I'm just going to wait until I'm ready to do that. I saw Justin tweet that he uh, he's late, but he's all about succession now. And I didn't tweet Adam for this. He's been busy with Nick's campaign. But and I say this to everybody, you should know better than to underestimate HBO. <laughs> Although HBO just hasn't like, I mean, they've gotten some good stuff coming, but or happening, but they... I. Again, nothing has topped my love and obsession for Game of Thrones. Like nothing. Has there has there been anything besides like maybe some Flanagan like just in general, like his work where I'm just like drooling over what's coming next. There isn't Mike Flanagan, I mean, there isn't really anything that topped my love for Game of Thrones and I'm waiting. I guess I'll wait for um the Targaryen t- series. What? You're talking about like one of the best shows ever. Um, <laughs> we always want the the next best thing. I know. Um, I've Westworld to me, season one of Westworld is one of the best seasons in TV history. Mm. It's gone down mm-hmm. since. So I, I love Westworld. Didn't you get me into that little mini series a couple years ago that was on HBO, the mm-hmm. alternate World War II history? Yeah, um, that was great. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, I know you watched Mayor of Easttown, right? Yeah, it was all right. It was. I mean, I it, it was all right. I just, I stuck it out, but that was about all I did. While these shows, while like those might not be our shows, they're always great products. Um, what was it? Was it a Hugh Grant show and Nicole Kidman? Oh yeah, no, but that was was that HBO? I think so because that's like the only premium channel I do. Yeah, yep, yep. And you know what? I need to come back on Hulu is um, Little Fires Everywhere with. Uh, Reese Witherspoon and um, oh god what the fuck what's her, what's her name it's on the tip of my tongue out of shape and they were based it's based out of Cleveland little fires everywhere I needed to come back Carrie Washington what did Reese Witherspoon direct something else on HBO that was acclaimed 
liars, not pretty little liars. Something oh like- yeah, big little lies. Yes, that was also very good. See? That had Zoe Kravitz in it, so like I, said, I was for it. Don't underestimate. Uh, don't, never underestimate HBO. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I will. Uh, I will talk to you later on this afternoon via the text message. Okay. Bye. Bye.